So, hello and welcome to a special episode of Deep Town Divers VR show. Today, we have a crypto roundtable. I know, it's not round behind me, but still, it's a roundtable. We call it like that. And we have absolute best of the best in our show today. And, you know, I would not introduce them myself because I would never do a best job uh, in that. And I let them introduce themselves. So, guys, thank you for coming. Um, thank you for being here today. Absolutely honored uh, and uh, excited to chat with you about all things crypto. And I guess we'll start from the bottom or from the top left with Matty. Um, and we let uh, everyone introduce themselves and plug things where they can find you and stuff. So, Mehdi, the word is yours. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Mehdi. I run DCLblogger.com. Started uh, investing, I guess, in the NFT space with the virtual world Decentraland and kind of learned about more virtual worlds and art and all this new world of uh, NFTs and how cool the space is. So now I just blog about the space and, uh, you know, communicate and get in touch and network with the people that we have on this board. A lot of these guys I've talked to before and yeah, excited to see what we can uh, talk about. Absolutely. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, uh, Mary, uh, is tweeting a lot of interesting stuff about NFTs, um, doing some really good roundups about, uh, you know, about what happened recently. I like your new uh, initiative about 24 hour, uh, roundup of what happened in NFT. That's really cool. So yeah, uh, thanks for being here today, and uh, we move to Colborn. Yep, Colborn Bell, uh, co-founder at Mocha, Museum of Crypto Art, Insomnium Space, uh, blockchain investor, NFT investor, starting with virtual lands, uh, you know, obviously love what you're doing, Insomnium Space, Arthur, uh, crypto art collector, and, you know, just really interested at where uh these virtual lands and you know these scarce digital assets are coming together cool thank you very much and mocha of course amazing stuff uh, who didn't see it uh maybe they actually are not alive because if you didn't see mocha yet you're missing out so andrew tell us tell us about yourself yeah hi my name is andrew steinwald and arthur thanks so much for having us on really excited for this and uh founder of zima red which is just a content brand that makes podcasts, newsletters, blogs about the NFT space in the metaverse. And uh, recently I'm working on a entity that's going to be focused on investing within the NFT ecosystem. So excited to, to get that going. Fantastic. And, I, and I've been honored to be on your show, on your podcast. And uh, we had a great chat. Uh, I, I like how you called me the, the metaverse maximalist. I mean, it's, it's actually true. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> thanks a lot, uh, Chris. Oh, what a T-shirt, my friend! Wait hey. a second. Let me let me wait, 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 wait. Before you say anything, let me zoom in. Okay, wait. For those who did, okay, look at this T-shoot. Amazing. So let's let's let let, let hey, everyone. Let's continue. First, Bell. I have a uh, background of web design, so I got into blockchain a few years ago, and I made an ERC twenty token, an ERC seven twenty one token. I have fun with it. I like to uh, make new things and break new things. So uh, developer kind of at heart. And um, I've also had a background of real estate. So I got into the land ownership. So my favorite NFTs right now are Somnium Space Land and uh, ENS names. So full-time blockchain now. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, we know each other for, for a long time already. And uh it's been a hell of a journey, so thanks for... Oh, what happened with my hand? Uh, so, uh, yeah, hell of a journey. Thanks for being here today. Pablo, it's on you. Oh, we don't hear you. You're muted. 
Thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, thank you, everybody uh, in this chat. It's, it's really great to be here with you. Uh, I'm Pablo. I'm a, I'm a founder as well as at, at Mocha. I've been uh, an investor in the in the blockchain space for some time and uh, recently I identified the space and uh, yeah, excited to see the innovation that this uh, industry uh, brings along. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. And again, who didn't see Mocha, didn't see anything. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, myself, you know, I'm the founder of Somnium. I'm also the host and uh, creator of Deep Tone Divers VR podcast uh, or the show, the virtual reality show. Love what I do because, you know, in this show, I, I tend to meet uh, best best of the best people and, talk to, you know, tend to ask them questions and uh, chat about anything. And I guess my first kind of like an intro question would be because, you know, this show, not all the people who are watching this show are actually into blockchain and NFTs. So how would you, and we don't need to go through all of you guys, but if someone feels uh, the need to answer, that would be fantastic. How would you describe for non-crypto people what NFTs are and why they should care? It's such a hard question. <laughs> yeah, I would throw it to Maddie. Maddie, I bet you oh, have one. <laughs> okay, zoom in, actually, dramatic zoom in. <laughs> I actually avoid the question. And um, I think, you know, for mainstream people outside of this space, I don't know how deeply they need to understand the technology. But in, on the outside, I guess the, the value proposition, the benefit is that you can own these virtual assets, uh, whether it be land, whether it be art, whether it be music. And the ownership of it unlocks us to do a lot more with it. And it's it's hard, it's hard to explain what that actually means unless you really understand blockchain. So usually when I try and explain it, you're going to have to backtrack and explain blockchain as well and, and stuff like that. But, you know, the use cases are, are the best things to give examples for. So virtual art where you can traditionally where you had to download it from a USB, maybe if you go to an art gallery and, and buy some art, but, but there's no real ownership there. But in this case, with tokens and NFTs, basically they're... Um, Individual tokens that represent unique items, whether it be games, uh, art, virtual land, and all that kind of stuff. Again, usually I show people pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, fantastic. And I, I think I'll always add to people, uh, and I actually tend to answer this question a lot because you know, the virtual reality community, they are not all in block, into blockchain, or majority of them are not into blockchain. And they're always like skeptical when they see that Somnium is a blockchain world. And I always say, you know, say, guys, you actually own stuff and we don't control what you own, what you do with your belongings, which is, you know, the most fantastic use case for anyone who is playing games or doing something. It's just you decide what you do with it. You decide when you sell it. You decide to whom you sell it. And you don't need to ask my permission to do so, which is the most uh, brilliant use case, I think, for any game, any virtual world uh, which can exist. So, uh, yeah. Anyone else, guys, you want to add to, to that something? Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, so for me, I think NFTs are just a unique digital asset. And then what, why they're important or why they're interesting is that they are just property rights. They're property rights in, in a digital form. So um, just how we own our car or a house or our computer or whatever in, in our physical world, our physical lives, it, it, we should have the same rights within a virtual space. And before blockchain, we didn't have that. It was all controlled by you know, whatever game or virtual environment that you're in, but now we can actually own our, our goods. And that's a huge step towards the creation of a, the ultimate right. role, which is a metaverse, so. Okay, fantastic, yeah, absolutely. 
I think another great benefit is that it's kind of like the cloud, how you can have all for the metaverse, the entire metaverse, when you have an avatar or a house or a car on the blockchain, you're able to pull it into different platforms from the blockchain. So it allows new platforms to come out and quickly pull everything from the blockchain into their new platform and uh, start using the same assets right away. Yeah, interoperability is the the, and we'll 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 touch upon that later. But it's a, it's a huge topic, and I think blockchain will of course play an instrumental role in that. I think we all agree uh, with, with that. Um, and um, yeah, so um, I guess you know I I, I won't I won't ask um, anyone how we got to the blockchain, how we got into that. Every everybody has a different story, and I think we we've covered it uh, uh, before. So let's dive into it, right? Like just forget about all the boundaries. So what caught your eyes and your 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 attention? uh this week this month from the nft space what actually you know what are you thinking about all the time and you can't stop thinking about like tell tell me tell me your deepest secrets uh about <laughs> nfts like plug something tell us something whether good or bad whatever that is i think we've just seen hordes of people kind of wanting to learn about what the hell is going on in the nft space and um, I've noticed my Twitter following and, and other people's Twitters are just blowing off with, with NFTs and the conversations are going crazy. And everyone wants to throw money or expose themselves in some way financially to this industry and the growth of it. And I think for me, what I've been contemplating is what the answer to these people is. Like, is it NFTs? Is it the fungible tokens? And the difference in mentality that you need as opposed to usual cryptocurrency investing where you just buy a cryptocurrency and you just hold it for like a year or two, you do nothing with it and then you sell it hopefully for a profit with NFTs. It's something different, right? Art, maybe you can do that, but with virtual land, if you're just going to hold it, not really do anything with it or a game, you're, you're, you're kind of devaluing the platform. So for me, it's, for the last week, I've, I've been seeing this flood of activity in the NFT space and the intersection with DeFi. And it's kind of like, how do we nurture this to a more, longer lasting nft experience for them because it's, if you you know they're devaluing their platform and also re and also reducing their chances of in, uh, increasing that investment as well again with art it's fine but with digital land and game game items and things it's i'm, I'm seeing it's the case right uh, absolutely i agree i mean you know we, we can see it firsthand and, and there are different uh different examples that for example like guys from mocha uh, that's i think that's one of the perfect examples of how you can you know, invest into something and then develop it and use it for your use case in the same time, promote the product, promote the the world and, and just do it in a holistic experience, which benefits everyone involved in that. And this is just a fantastic, uh, fantastic example uh, into this. Uh, what about usual suspects? I mean, I, I, I have to ask, you know me, right? I have to ask, like, what about all those rareable and crypto punks and stuff? Because, and I explain why. I'm uh, I'm a huge proponent of use case if i don't see anywhere use case if i don't understand quickly why someone should care about something i become very skeptical very quickly so if you know if, if there is a no real use case and everything is based on just hype or future promise or future growth or speculation i become very very you know suspicious and um i start to you know dig deeper and if i don't find it in the second attempt that becomes a problematic uh, point for me so let's let's just let's just um have a variable as an example like what do you think guys i mean the platform I love the website. I love how the website is looking. I love the functionality of the website. And um, 
it has some flaws, uh, but still it's a really nice product. Let's call it like this. But at the same time, we have Rare Token and we have enormous amount of tokens being distributed every week and distributed in the past. And then people, you know, buying those tokens allegedly uh, because some people were able to sell them for a huge amount of uh, you know profit from nothing. Now the question is, what the hell is happening there? Like, why? Who is buying, and why they're buying, and what is the use case of that token? Uh, well, this is this is probably for me, you know. So, <laughs> I uh, was was quite early to to Rarible, and the way I see it uh, is that it's a it's a it's an intersection of NFTs and DeFi, right? And a lot of DeFi communities are basically growth hacking their way to, to more users by providing uh, governance on, on the platforms that they participate in, right? So people with the, the Rarible token, that is strictly a governance token. Uh, now, some artists on the platform are valuing uh, their work in Rarible, presumably because, you know, they want to have a governance decision in the future of this platform. Uh, I'd say largely governance tokens remain unproven. Uh, but at the end of the day, you could imagine some whale on the other side accumulating this to eventually make a governance decision whereby they allocate more of the resources of this platform to themselves. So I would say that would you know, I think money is probably the largest incentive. Okay. Um, regarding the governance token, I can add a few things. So, you know, I think I'm 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 an I'm an old school person, even though we're not you know we're a blockchain based world. But I'm an old school person. Like governance token, in my opinion, um, and we have we see a lot of those uh, right now. And if someone says we have a governance token, I mean we have Somnium cubes. I can make you decide whether you want that button to be yellow or green, and I can call Somnium Cubes a governance token. And you will make the decision based on holding of Somnium Cubes, and you, that button will change the color. But to be honest, it will not affect anything. So if I look at what Rarible is letting people to vote, and in general, what kind of decisions you can make on those governance tokens, not only Rarible, but others, it, it, to me, it's pretty funny, right? It's like you are not deciding on anything. In case of, you know, a hardcore important decisions of the company, you have zero aspect and you have zero control over over it. And uh, honestly, even the legal side is like so-so. And I'd say even the legal side is not on your side if you're holding the tokens. So that's why I'm kind of skeptical on the governance. Any Anyone can defend that, uh, that 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 thing. Like, why governance token care uh, should should care, and one, why people should care buying those if the decisions they're making are actually not as important for the for the platform uh, or for the person who is holding the tokens. I think it depends on the platform and the space. The space is all about decentralization, and you're going to find people that want to have that control from the community. So whether it is at the moment just playing around with governance on small decisions, I think it's going to evolve into a more uh, fruitful governance experience for the community as a whole. I know Decentraland, for example, they had 20 or 30 people put across their wearables propo uh, proposals and they let the community decide by voting. Um, obviously not a perfect system. Everyone could vote with mana 
um, the top 10 went through. Now, if Decentraland themselves centrally picked, handpicked those 28, 10 of the 28 people, then again, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's moving more towards centralization and you want to pull that away from them and let the community kind of govern the direction of, um, you know, the platform. I do agree in, in a certain way, Arthur, with you that governance tokens itself at the moment, the value of them and the pricing of them and the value proposition is there, but I think it's completely sometimes overrated. I mean, some of these yep. projects are tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of market cap because the token is just a governance token. And I think you need a lot more utility to justify a price like that. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, it's, it's for me, as I'm a hardcore use case guy, maybe that's my flaw, but uh, I'm, I, I need to see the real stuff, the real meat on the on the bone, you know, like if I don't see that, I'm, I'm immediately, uh, the red alert in my mind comes comes out. So, uh, Rari, um, I think Rari is just going nuts because of everyone's making money. Like, yeah, that, that's hundred percent. Even though we're all looking for this, use cases, the but the real, the real, the fact is, everyone's making money. Yeah, but who, who is buying? Who is buying that? Who's buying? I, I'll, no, I'll, I'll buying. definitely ask Alex the, when I talk to him. The use case is clear for the people who are earning. The incentive is clear. One hundred percent. But like, who is actually buying that token? What's your best guess? Who is buying that token and why? Um, you know. Sorry, I'm I'm just dominating this conversation. <laughs> I'll let you guys uh, give no, your no, opinion. Just dominate. It's all right. We'll we'll come to everybody. We'll get a chance to to to, to talk. But just if you it's just a... that uh, through my Twitter, I'm just because I'm making a lot of posts and and getting a lot of answers. I'm realizing a lot of things. And one thing I realized just recently is how much money is actually coming from the DeFi space. You know, we're in market caps of tens of millions. They're in market caps of billions. So we had, um, for example, Why Insure. If you guys have checked OpenSea, they're ranking number one. They had like 4,000 Ethereum volume, and my first instinct was this has got to be wash trading this is bullshit like how can in the seven day period how can you have over a million dollars in the nft space it's quite rare unless you're running a pre-sale so it's actually not bullshit it's actually people buying these insurance nfts that back you know their um exposure to risk pooling and what they realize is some a couple of people just bought out all of those nfts and they stake those nfts to earn safe token and the money in that area is just wild so I'm thinking, you know, something like Rari, where it is somewhat exposing itself to the DeFi community. Maybe it, it, some of them that that buy money is coming from some of that area. It's also they also got an investment from Coin Fund. Maybe Coin Fund are providing some of that liquidity too. Um, but and they also got some tweets from Andre, who's the guy from uh, YFI, I think. So there is some interest and some hype around it, or there was before it kind of blew up. I'm thinking maybe that's offsetting the, the dumping that's happening from people that claim they're Rari. For me, it's it's just crazy to see it sustain its price, even though everyone's claiming and selling their, their Rari. But yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. hear about too many people buying Rari either. And I, I think that the incentive is clear for everybody that wants to go on and sell something or buy something on Rarabelt to earn the token. That's clear. That's easy. We all want to do that. Because we can sell it for $10, the question is, why is it selling for $10? And who's buying it for $10? And what can you do with it once you buy it for $10? I wouldn't really want to buy a $10 token today just so that I can vote for future operability on the platform. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I can kind of vote in my own way by adding my incent to the my two cents to the Discord or something like that. But <laughs> I, I don't see the use case for Rare either once you get it. Uh, well, I, I, think, I think that these... Oh, Pablo, you want to go? No, please, please. Yeah, I think that these governance tokens are obviously just like kind of a, 
a quasi like proxy equity kind of feature to, to these platforms. And if people can't get great exposure to a lot of these, you know, hot crypto products like DeFi or NFTs. And so when someone releases a governance token, that's the closest thing they can get to any sort of financial exposure. So then they'll purchase that asset because it's kind of like, in a sense, it's a sort of equity. So that's kind of, it's mostly built off of uh, hype. And uh, as Maddie pointed out, there's not a ton of great governance use cases today, but I think that they're slowly building them out. So in the future, um, ideally, people will be able to make really big decisions on, on certain platforms. But yeah, today it's mostly um, a quasi type equity product. Okay, Pablo? Just my comment, I mean, I agree with, with everything that, that, that Mari said, uh, well, and everybody else said, but uh, I just think that it's uh, somewhat of an innovative and, and, and cheap way of uh, attracting people. I mean, this is, uh, uh, I, I, I'm not going to say, uh, or we don't know where the money and the buyers are coming from, but this is a very, very easy way to incentivize people to come to the platform and gain volume that way once you gain big. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've you know I, I'll 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 hopefully we'll be speaking to Alex and uh, you know he's from Russia I speak Russian so we'll we'll have some honest conversation I can promise you that uh, but uh, it's not a threat it's not a threat yet but, uh, but the, the good thing is that it's working the good thing is that it's working it's attracting a lot of people you know there's a lot of incentives so it's actually getting the eyes of the as as Mari said of the DeFi space. So a lot, a lot of, of, of money has, 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 has been coming into the space because of this. So. And a lot of artists are also using it too. True, that's the, true, the, oh, that's the key is that artists are using it, they're getting paid, and they're happy. And if true, you know, but it, whatever it, is behind and around of, that. A lot, a lot of things are coming from that you know, buying purchase power, which is mm. coming in. And that's why it, it allows other ecosystems around that to work. We have to remember that. Uh, but also... Of course, I can say one thing, uh, and it's been proven to me several times in the last few days. Um, the quickest way to sell art right now, if you own some, is to place it on Rare, on, on Rarible. Because like I've seen examples where people were, you know, owning some art and placing it on Rarible and selling it within 30 minutes for tenfold of what they paid for it on non origin or super rare maybe a month or two ago. So now the question is. You know, again, the origin of that is because of the rare tokens being distributed for the most active buyers and, and, and sellers, because the purchasing, purchasing power is there, that's why this is happening. But why the purchasing power is there, we have no idea. Um, and that what bothers me a, a, a lot because, you know, it, it might end up really well, but it also might end up really badly. Um, and, and there's nothing in between, okay? So th that's, that's what, uh, what is uh, a question, but we'll find out um, and uh, we'll keep you posted, of course. And uh, hopefully I'll have um, Alex uh, on my show and I'll just interview him and we'll, uh, we'll dive deep into that and I'll ask some questions and uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So let's, uh, let's, hope, uh, let's hope that is happening soon. All right, so what about... What about other projects, guys? What are you What are you looking at? Um, what are you trading right now? I know Pablo, you just posted something uh, in, in in the group about some uh, some Tamagotchis with financial DeFi uh, <laughs> things. Uh, so tell us about that. I, I I'm curious. I'm open minded and I'm curious uh, uh, to to learn more because I understand that gamification is a big concept um, of of everything. Uh, but but still, like what what is what is the why would people care? And maybe tell a little bit about that project if you want. 
uh, I'll speak I'll speak briefly on it because I'm still also in the in the learning stage. But uh, yeah, it just seems that uh, uh, that they have been able to gamify the. Uh, uh, what, what's uh, the name of the project? Let's name the project because people don't know. Uh, what, what it's called Avegochi, uh, and I know that we have some fans around here of the project. But uh, what they pretty much have done is they've been able to gamify uh, financial instruments, and you know, with all this craze that's going on in DeFi, you're going to be able to uh, using Aave. I don't know, you know, the lending platform uh, protocol. Um, just, just to 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 use uh, their products and just stake collateral in these NFTs and just the whole experience being gamified. And I believe that it's the first game where the actual items have intrinsic value. And with everything that's happening in the NFT space and DeFi space and with all the farming going on, uh, I really think it's going to going to attract a lot, a lot of interest. Uh, it's also going to allow a lot of composability inside DeFi. Uh, so, like this, this uh, will allow you to have wearables that will even be another uh, extension of that, uh, you know, collateral. And uh, I just think it's 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 a proper team, it's a proper uh, thought, thoughtful idea, and I I, I think it's a, it's very innovative inter interaction between uh, DeFi and NFTs. So I really think quickly they will become one of the most important gaming projects. Uh, over here. Okay, and and, and and just just what what is the actual use case for them? It's like the, the the what do you think is the more important use case in in this respect? Is it the game itself, that it's gamification and fun for people, or is it the financial part of it? Uh, for me, it's for sure that's the financial part of it. But uh, again, adding that layer of gamification is what's going to make them, what's going to attract a lot of people and make them unique. And again, these are going to be innovative. It's, it's by a good team. So they're, I'm sure there's going to be properly thought out and it's going to allow for composability in DeFi that perhaps is not even allowed in, in other projects just yet. So uh, yeah, very bullish on that side. But I, I, I think it's more the DeFi side that they've been actually able to incorporate DeFi into, into NFTs. Uh, in a proper, uh, thoughtful way. Um, so I think it's, uh, yeah. I think Have you guys seen the project Meme? Or is it called Meme? Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, uh, please. Meme. Explain me Meme, because like I'm completely, you know, my use no. case background is was collapsing there right away. Like I, I, I <laughs> what, what? Trust what me, uh, Arturo, like people just do stuff for fun. <laughs> fun oh, is the oh I, I, look, I yeah. understand, I you know, understand that, but even fun has to make sense. So like what, what, what? Sometimes what? it doesn't. <laughs> Sometimes memes can lead the charge for creating like million dollar, $10 million, $100 million market cap companies. And we're seeing that happen. I would never thought I'd talk about or even somewhat promote the project with a ticker called me, but here I am. So I'll talk about it a bit. It's such a super interesting idea is um, you, you provide liquidity on Uniswap uh, for meme and Ethereum and you stake that and in reward, you get a token that you can cash in to get a rare NFT. So Every day when you stake, you, you gain these things called pineapples, which aren't tokens. They're just points on the platform. And the more pineapples you have, the more cards you can mint. And each of these cards have rare number, a, a, a limit of them allowed. So there's 100 rare Binance CZ cards, or there's 10 rare Andre cards, etc. And so you're being rewarded for staking in not just yield farming or getting that native token like sushi, but you're also getting NFTs. So that, that's kind of an interesting dynamic because suddenly they're getting an asset that no one knows the value of. You can't just go and sell it on the on the marketplace. And there's this collectability that's coming to that staking idea. Um, so I think it's interesting because they're collaborating with people like coin artists to do the next art 
or the next set of cards. And that's what got my interest is now they're going to start collaborating to provide more cards that you get as you stake and get rewarded from staking. For me, it's exciting just watching this unfold. I don't invest until obviously there's something more happening, but watching it unfold and the gamification that's happening and seeing people play around with more incentivization models with NFTs now, not just sushi tokens and the dynamic that's forming around it. That's what is interesting about that. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I confuse people more than explain. It, you know, it's, it's pineapple <laughs> buying some cards where you exchange with ETH on Uniswap. I think, I think that's ultimately sense. you end up with a rare card, and that's ultimately yeah, I mean, you end up with a rare card from staking your liquidity. And I think that's the key here because you know, that's an exposure to the NFT market and the whole collectability and how the whole dynamic and econ economy works in the NFT space. Okay. Yeah, no, I, and and going off that, I think um, it's really interesting that they're introducing some sort of, you know, I call it proof of work mechanism into the NFT space. Because right now to create an NFT, it's it's there's zero cost and it's very easy. You can just kind of mint it and then go on your way. But by introducing some sort of effort or work that needs to be done in order to obtain an NFT, it's like the proof of work mechanism similar to Bitcoin or whatever. Um, and I think that, that those types of mechanisms will, they, they kind of give inherent value to an NFT because it's like, it's not just, Oh, you can mint it and then you're on your way. It's like no, you need to actually work for it to do X and it, do X Y Z function in order to obtain it. Okay, all right, yeah. and may maybe. Well, I um. Sorry, Arthur. No, um, no, go ahead. Part of the part of the reason I made my own ERC twenty token was because there were so many ICO scams going on, and part of the reason I went out and pushed myself to make NFTs was the same reason to see how easy it is, to see how much it cost me, to see how effortlessly I could transfer them and possibly sell them. And it helps me logically think about what Arthur keeps saying is, first of all, use case. If I buy something, what am I going to do with it? What's the value to me? And um, so some of these things like, I mean, the meme thing, I understand it. I, I get the incentive and the rarity thing. I get it. I get the incentive. I, I just wouldn't go out and buy any of the end result of any of that stuff. So you can go out there and you can, you know, mint your own stuff. You can work hard to get your governance token. You can put all that effort in. You can use that platform instead of OpenSea. And you can do that stuff, but what are you doing with the stuff in the end? You're just collecting it. I mean, I give I can give away free NFTs too. I'll give away a bunch of them. I'll, I'll give everybody one at the end of the show. It doesn't mean it's worth anything tomorrow. It doesn't mean anything happened because of it. It's just another NFT that I minted for a dollar. Yeah, that's another that's another view on it, Andrew. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump oh, in over. and just say like we we can't uh, underestimate like broadly the the context that we're in right now you know there's a ton of people all over the world stuck at home bored out of their minds and you know they want to experiment and they want to gamble uh and you know it's leading to just kind of this explosion in creativity we saw it you know from the artists transitioning from you know a more traditional world coming to digital finding ways to to sell and we see it from uh the developers as well so it's it's, I think, highly contextual in that there's just a lot of people looking for something to do. Uh, and this is fun and exciting for them. And how do you guys, uh, you know, I, I partly agree and I partly disagree. Um, and I think personally, I tend more to lean towards what Chris has said regarding the actual use case rather than just collecting stuff, for example. But um, like, how do you do due diligence on the project? So you find a new project, um, something pops up, right? And, and, and someone tells you, look, this is an interesting one. What is your 
what is your secret sauce and, and, and your your kind of like list of things to check if you encounter a new project and how do you go through that and how long does it take you to do that? And maybe this is an important question so we can go one by one. Maybe Matty. Oh, Kat, Sorry. hello. Sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, so so Matty, how, how yeah. do you go through the due diligence? How do you do that? Um, what, what's uh, I'm a really conservative investor. I, I watch the space evolve. I don't mind if I'm late to the party. I'd rather protect my money in, in like a pre-sale phase or something where there's just an idea. I'm more an observer. I like to see and be like, whoa, this is cool. Like what's happening here with the community, et cetera. What I've learned is that projects that have been able to sustain themselves uh, six months down the line, one year down the line, and people from the community don't move on to the next hot thing, that's kind of a sign there that the project has more to offer than just their early promises. So for me, it has been more about seeing projects like Axie Infinity now. Again, this is about the use case. Um, you know, people from Axie Infinity make money, um, you know, provide financial incentives for people around the world to, to actually play the game and make money and do, you know, pretty much run tournaments and, and do a living, make a living doing that um, with virtual land, seeing people continue to buy land. And that's why I'm like hawk-eyed with watching land sale volume every seven days is because I want to know that new people are coming in lands are being bought, people keep seeing the value, and it's a constant thing, not just something that was hyped up for a year. And now it's becoming with art, it's more about, and art is a good example, it has no real use case, right? People just collect it. Am I accurate to say that, Pablo? I think you're, or Colburn? You're muted. I, I mean, definitely people collect the art, yeah. Fair, fair, no, fair, 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 fair. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I think we're we're trying to prove the use yeah. case for for art in the metaverse, right? <laughs> there, there is a desire for, and we're seeing it, a tremendous desire for one, both artists to see their art on display, and people want to come in, they want to watch the live streams, they want to see the building in virtual reality, uh, and for us, what this space represents is kind of just our idealistic version of the metaverse that we want to see you know we started this mm -hmm. from a very philosophical point of you know here we have all this barren land what is the world that we want to create and how do we ground this something you know kind of away from just commercial economy well you know you want to create the most beautiful world and to do that you bring the most beautiful art pieces you invite the creators to participate with you uh and we really think that you know these creatives are recapturing a lot of the value that they might have lost in the traditional art world by being empowered with all these technologies that are kind of converging at the same time. Okay, uh, I agree. But you guys fantastic in avoiding my question, but I remember, I have a good memory, actually. So how do you do the due diligence? Please describe me. <laughs> exactly. Please describe me five steps maybe or three steps, whatever steps you're taking uh into actually check the project um and and make your own first impression decision or second impression decision, whatever whatever that is so maybe maybe coming back to you you're a conservative investor which is good uh but how mm -hmm. do you how do I'll you go i guess uh, um my due diligence happens pretty quick and i um like you guys have seen i kind of neglect a lot of projects because i don't avoid them i don't ignore them i look into them and I try to see how many token holders there are and, and a lot of stuff like that. But um, with my entire interview that I had with Andrew, it, it all comes down to use case inside virtual reality. So I completely agree with the use case on virtual art. I just don't know how to value it. 
So when I look at the stuff, it's hard for me to put any value on it. So I just don't buy it. And that's, that's my due diligence is that when I look at it, I put the value on it for myself. And if I own it and I happen to sell it in the future for a higher price, then it is what it is. But I would never buy a piece of art today online, you know, and expect that it's going to go up tomorrow. I just can't do it because I can't, I, I can't value it. I can value land and I can understand that every single crypto artist out great and some horrible crypto artists are going to all want to display their stuff in virtual reality. So they're, or in even, you know, other virtual platforms too, but people are going to want to make their art and come into virtual reality and display it and try to sell it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's what we're going to start to see. And I, I see that as the use case for it, but the due diligence is it's quick for me. It's very quick. I neglect a lot of projects and it's usually the token holders, the platform, how much effort they put into it. I look at the owners of the platform uh, I look at the token and the code of the token because I have that availability. I understand it with the coding, but uh, I look at all of that stuff and, and try to get the best projects only. Okay. And I'm only involved in a few. Th thank you, Chris. Um, maybe Pablo, you're the next one in the line. So for, for me, I think it's uh, the team is, is, is always the most important. No? Uh, I think I, try, I, try, I personally try to apply the same thing that I used to do before I got into the blockchain and into the NFT space, but... Uh, you know, any a good team can take any project or any relatively good idea and actually make it profitable and they can probably pivot along the way and they can do certain things. So uh, this goes a little bit against what most people in this industry like. I, I don't think that everything should be decentralized. I personally think that most projects benefit from a centralized and a focused uh, leadership. Uh, I believe that uh, projects have uh, souls in general, somebody that really leads those things and has the thought process and, and really uh, pushes these things forward. And... Uh, yeah, for me, I really, really focus on a on a on a good team. Um, for me, that's 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 very important. Um, okay, thank you. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Yeah, so I would look at the core fundamentals like team, the market, the product, the token economics, and community. And you know, team would be: do they have a record of uh, past success? Are they shipping uh, constantly shipping new features? The market would be, okay, this is a virtual world. So looking at the broadly, the virtual world market and seeing how that's expanding. The um, product would be, hey, is this a fun experience? Am I enjoying myself? It's very, very simple. Um, and usually if, if you're having a good time in it with a crypto-related game, then it's a pretty good bet. The um, token economics is is what asset within this universe is investable and you think will accrue the most value over whatever period that you're kind of looking to invest in. And then the, uh, the community, that's super important, obviously, especially with virtual worlds because the, the community builds these worlds. So if you have a, a thriving community that's really engaged and uh, really happy to build and be a part of it, then then you know your virtual world is going to be extremely successful. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So Colborn, how about you? The community is a good point too, but I, I think that there's going to be multiple communities and groups inside the virtual worlds. Just like, you know, on Facebook, there's multiple groups for different types of people and family groups and friends groups and types, you know, organizational groups. So all of that will be inside the virtual world too. I, I really envision everything on OpenSea coming into a virtual world and becoming one entire entity. Yeah. And then obviously the metaverse after that, where you can kind of jump from one spot to another with the same assets from the blockchain. Fantastic. Colburn? Yeah, look, I mean, I think, I think Andrew really nailed it, you know, and uh, all I can speak to really is the process of, of kind of how we came into Somnium space to begin with. Right. We had numerous calls with you. We jumped into the discord. We found a, a thriving supportive community. We found, you know, an active marketplace on OpenSea. 
Uh, we were intrigued by the idea of virtual worlds. We thought these were just fundamentally undervalued. And to watch your team execute and the quality of the experience that you were giving and to jump into VR and to experience that uh, was kind of just our first step into knowing that the virtual land was valuable, right? And then we asked ourselves, you know, what is it that we want to do? We're not here to speculate on virtual land. We actually want to be inside this world. We want to build, you know, we want to add to this community. And for us, the, the answer there was art. We thought that was the way to bring others in to create a, a visually stunning experience and something that we could begin to collect and add value and, and build a marketplace uh, for this asset that people could actually see and begin to understand. You know, I tell this to people all the time, but, you know, I could explain the concept of blockchain to my mother a thousand times. She would never understand it. <laughs> Right. But I can put the, the VR headset on her. I can bring her into the museum. She can understand that I own the lands. I own the building. I own the arts and whatever's happening in the background. It doesn't particularly matter. Right. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. And I mean, since we're already at the metaverse, let's let's do a little bit of uh, a deep dive into into virtual worlds, uh, you know, which are in the blockchain. And, you know, let's start with Somnium and, and let's start with 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 good and bad things about every project in your opinion okay uh whatever that is just name it uh, don't be ashamed just you know start and just you know destroy me all right um so <laughs> let's start with i don't know with, uh, with 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 chris like chris what 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 do you think first of all about somnium what is good and what is bad um, and of course, just name the you know the same stuff about CryptoVox or the Central End. Uh, what are your thoughts about those uh, those worlds? And let, let's be really honest. Like, forget about who I am. What are we doing right now? Absolutely interested to to hear the 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 worst and the best of it because you know our idea is to learn and get better, uh, and that's what we are doing. And uh, let's dive into it. So, Chris. well, uh, you always instilled in the pro the the fact that. Sorry, we're cutting off it. Um, yeah, I have a hard time saying anything bad about Somnium Space. And I think anyone who knows my history who came from Decentraland and then moved to Somnium Space, the reason I did it was because of virtual reality, because of how close Somnium Space was to Ready Player One. And uh, the only thing I see, you know, the only difficulty I see is, is adoption because we have to continuously teach everybody about the VR headsets and, and adopting to that and the blockchain and a few other things. So those are, I think, some pain points for everybody in all VR projects, but is kind of explaining to the new people how to do it and how to get into it without, you know, thinking it's a scam or something. But um, I don't have anything negative to say about Somnium. I'm sorry, Arthur. <laughs> uh, no. I have plenty of negative things to say about other projects, but not Somnium. Okay, what, what about CryptoVoxels? So what, what are your, what are your thoughts exposure to crypto voxels what do, what, i think what the do you only think? thing that deters me away from crypto voxels is just simply the design it's just not for me i'm a real world kind of guy and like i said ready player one type of guy so uh, i understand the appeal that some different people like that type of thing for crypto voxels which is great you know good for them but it's it's the look of it that really kind of pushes me away and then uh with the central end it was just the fact that it was not vr 
uh, first. So I have the headset and everything. I want to get into VR, and I think VR on blockchain is just the number one thing going forward. So if Decentraland comes back to VR, I'd, I'd probably get back there too. But the other thing I don't really love about Decentraland is the fact that they don't create the entire world for you like um, you do too. Insomnium is with the sunrise and the mountains and the lake and everything that's already there for you in the background. So you don't you don't have to worry about other people you know in your way or anything you're all kind of part of the same world so you have something in common okay thank you um what about you pablo <clears throat> oh can you hear me uh, yes yeah so uh, i think uh, i actually agree with a lot of the things that uh the chris the chris said i think some um, uh well everybody knows uh like how, how immersive it is compared to the other uh to the other metaverses and i think that's the positive you know it really allows you to to really design these experiences that, are, in my opinion, are 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 the most immersive. Uh, and on the part, I mean, the negative side is 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 certainly that it's a uh, it's a big tech barrier to entry for a lot of people uh, at the moment. Uh, and that is, uh, I think, the, the the biggest problems. And then one that it, that it shares. Uh, I'm sorry, Arthur, but one that it shares with all the metaverses is I still have not seen a in-game currency that I personally like. Um, that's for for, for all the. We have such a nice logo, Somnium Cubes. Come on, man. <laughs> so yeah, so I I like I like all the I like some of the things that are happening, but 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 there, there there's a lot of innovation still to happen in Indian currencies, in my opinion, and we'll see a lot of that in the coming in the 100%. coming months. And uh, yeah, for uh, for crypto boxes, I agree with Chris. It's just personally the aesthetics uh, don't do it for me. But on the positive side, it is very simple to just hop in, you know, and and and, and go and meet uh, people there. Uh, for Decentraland, I think it was the first one. It was very innovative. Uh, I think what it represents, and it really opened up the gates for everybody else. Uh, personally, for me, I think it's a little bit too gamish for me, and I'm not. I'm unsure of if it didn't have a blockchain component, if it did, if it would have uh, that many people. Because compared to the user experience of other, I guess, games or universes, I think it is perhaps not very functional yet or very capable yet. I do hope though that they that they that they uh, keep on improving and then they because they've been doing some very very in my opinion important things for the for the community and for the industry very very important things and I I am a fan I'm a general fan of of, of the central line. Cool. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Yeah. So I guess things that are bad, quote unquote bad. Um, Somnium. I would say the you have to download the clients. And kind of there's that little bit of a tech barrier, and even though it's just comparatively, oh, it's huge. It's, it's it, huge. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it actually is you know super easy, obviously, but comparatively to the other worlds where you just click enter and you're in, then that that's obviously a barrier. And then for crypto voxels, I would say uh, the bad thing is uh, definitely uh, from an investor standpoint, land inflation. Um, you know, we don't know what the total total number of parcels is. That's definitely a negative. Um, and then from DCL. It's the difficulty of building things in worlds. So it's difficult to create content for that world. And so that, that's a huge barrier uh, for creating content. So um, yeah, each one has their own uh, cons, but I guess pros, Somnium, obviously how, how uh, incredible it is in, in VR and how, how, how good it looks. I would say it's, it's by far the best looking blockchain-based virtual world easily. And then with CryptoVoxels, I would say the ease of building and creating content, it's really its strength. And then for DCL, I would say the community is just really, really strong and really powerful and super passionate. So those are my pros and cons. Okay. Why did you say it's hard to create content in DCL? I haven't tried before, but I was just wondering why. 
Uh, just because there's no in-world builder, and and you have to, from my understanding, because oh. because I, I haven't actually built content in DCL either, but there you have to have some sort of um. So so there's that simple drag and drop in-world in-world builder. But there's not a yeah. really robust one where you can kind of create what you want. It's more of what they give you, versus hey, like I can create SDK? my own. Uh, the the SDK the the drag and drop builder. Uh, you know, to... the, the SDK you would upload. <laughs> well, I guess Maddie can answer that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maddie, the, the, here. Yeah, so the, the the building side of things in Decentraland is twofold. One for people that know a little bit more about the tech side of things and can use the SDK to make things like games, etc. And I think what Andrew's saying is that if you want to build a fruitful experience, if you want to build a customizable experience, you have to know how to code. And it's yeah. not there's no solution at the moment. Actually, they just dropped a voxel pack. And I think they dropped their drag and drop video screens and drag and drop images and stuff like that. So the builder is going through an overhaul, but traditionally you could just drag, drag and drop trees and, and certain buildings. And it wasn't as customizable as say an artist wanted to do with building a gallery, etc. I see. Okay. Colborn, we're getting to you, Mary, but Col Colborn, what, 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 are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, you know, I think it's called, uh, metaverse for a reason right everybody is going to find their place their home and they're going to add value you know where they want um and where they can access right it's i i don't want to rag anything at this stage just because i think there's room for everybody to to be together and, and learn from each other and to pursue different growth and and different paths um you know obviously i love everything that you're doing with Somnium space. People have talked about the tech. The tech is difficult in the beginning. Uh, you know, I've I've had good experiences in all of the worlds as well. You know, I thought the the DCL treasure hunt was fantastic. It was fun to run around and and look for different things and see you know what people had created for that event. Uh, I really enjoyed you know a lot of money had a, a hotel party. Where there was something like 50 artists maybe four months back and and that felt in you know an uncomfortable time like a very social experience so i'm all for the way that all of these worlds are just bringing people from all over the world together to uh interact and and socialize and you know it's for me it's it's they're all seeds and they're all going to grow and and find different paths so i i think what's happening everywhere is pretty exceptional Fantastic. So, Mary, your turn. Um, I think everyone touched on the exact points I wanted to cover. Um, I got involved in Decentraland because I saw the value I can bring. I can get communities together. I can hold meetups. I can hold conferences. It didn't have as many barriers. You don't have to download anything. There's no VR glasses. Um, actually, I got into Decentraland because I thought it was going to be VR. <laughs> and when I <laughs> pivoted away from that, I realized can I still add value to the platform? Can I still do something for the platform? So I think me and Chris were kind of in that stage where, uh, you know, what do we do here? And Chris went to Somnium. For me, it was more right, like, what can we do with this? And what for me was a lot about, all right, let's start holding meetups. So for me, the value, what the value proposition or the reason why I'm in Decentraland and, and I guess crossover with the crypto voxels a lot is because you can bring crowds of 50 to 100, pe 100 people because a tech barrier isn't there. Suddenly, when you're doing that, there's a lot of exposure and a lot of, I guess, um, weight power. You go to someone and say, hey, you know, let's hold a conference. I can get 50 to 100 people to your conference. And a lot of crypto projects would like that sort of a thing to the NFT space, the exposure to the NFT space. So there's a big benefit there as well. And a, a big lesson I learned from crypto voxels 
um, in the very early days, I remember it was the first project I found where I could enter the world. And I was like, this is cool, but, and yeah, it's nice, you can fly around, but who's gonna build these black and white voxels? But what I didn't, what I lacked in my end was not really understanding what the future was going to look like. And so for me, it's extremely important, I think for you guys too, is to talk to the team, keep in touch with the team, know what's being rolled out in the near future, in the midterm to the late future, and to make sure that that's on path of what you want. I wouldn't be in Decentraland if VR wasn't on the roadmap. I wouldn't be in Decentraland if they weren't going to overhaul the builder. I wouldn't be in Decentraland if gaming and, and, and funding wasn't there. Um, so for me, these are important check marks that I go through to make sure I continue to add value to the platform. Um, and also tokenomics. Andrew touched upon this, and this is probably my most important thing, is I want to know how the projects are being funded. I think if you continue selling NFTs to fund yourself, it's very difficult because you're one diluting the project, uh, early investors, but I understand the proposition because you want to onboard new investors. So with Decentraland, they burn the money, the mana uh, to make more value for the mana token. And that's how you're supposed to incentivize yourself. Buying land is really just to add value to the platform. Has its pros and cons, obviously, having a fluctuating currency isn't easy. But again, I know funding wise, they'll be okay. And for me, that's important. So, and it's Somnium Space. I like it because of the, um, the you know, the aesthetics, you can't compare with Somnium Space. The VR aspect of it, you know, they do VR first. If that's your thing, that's where you go. But again, the tech side of things, the adoption in, in that, I think it has some time to go. The moment you can get 50 to 100 people in the in the space, you know, intersecting blockchain and MetaMask and VR and these tech hurdles that intersect to add not as many people as you'd want for meetups, the moment you start to get that many amounts and, you know, some name space is going to do, start killing it. So that's my take. Thank you. And, and by the way, we uh, no bragging here. I just we, we had a concert recently and we had uh, 35 people there, actually. Uh, and 95 percent. Nice. I saw that snapshot. 95 percent were in, in VR, actually. And, and we had a fantastic time. And uh, it's just awesome. it's just I'm, I'm a fan of technology. OK, I'm not like bragging or something. I just love what I do. Uh, and I'm blessed that I can do that. And I actually build this world first for myself, right? Because I wanted to live in, in such a world. And the fact that we were hosting that concert, you know, with the real artists and, you know, copyright rights and stuff like that. And we've created this experience and people were enjoying it in real time all together. It's just, um, yeah, we'll release the video, edited video of it soon. And um, yeah, we, you'll be able to have a look. And a small plug. Because why not? It's my show, right? Uh, on Saturday, <laughs> we're we're doing a, we're doing a rerun of the concert in Somnium. So if you if you happen to have some time, and you can come in 2D, of course, or in VR. Um, but VR is what I recommend. Uh, just come in, and uh, uh, I really hope you will come because uh, it is a fantastic show. So please do so. All right. So. Um, I just want to comment on something, if you don't mind, that I just heard Maddie saying. It's uh, I really think we need to really break all the frictions that are currently in for non-coiners. So we are seeing a lot of development, in my opinion, in both the NFT and the DeFi space for people that are already in, inside the community. But there's not a lot of steps that make it easy for people to come in. We really need a lot more fiat integration. We need a lot more just uh, just easiness of uh, something easy for people to come in, and that I can explain to my friends. Or to my my you know family to anybody in in literally in just a few seconds rather than having to explain all the process how the blockchain works and sending to exchanges then explain how metamask works how everything everything needs to be a lot more streamlined so my my general point that i want to make is to all the projects if, if any of them are hearing is, is really try to focus on this because 
you're going to be you're going to attract a lot more people right, right now we're a small niche but we can uh this can be a very big thing soon yeah it's true, uh, it, it, it's true and uh it's on our to-do list we are cleaning stuff like cleaners you know with stuff and, uh, it's not easy it's not easy at all uh, it's not everybody's to-do list yeah we're, Every, we're, everybody's we're getting doing there. it you know the when i first got into blockchain you couldn't mint an erc20 token without knowing the code first at least some of the code and then uh, same thing with erc721 and now you can easily go to mintable.com you can easily go to OpenSea. you can go to rarible now you can mint nfts pretty easily after you create you know a little a picture or some kind of crypto art or something you can just create them really quickly so not only the the individual companies are creating these things but other people are creating them kind of in between and those those user interfaces are coming out which is nice cool, cool. um in in your opinion guys what is what is the biggest use case you think would be inside the metaverse and virtual worlds like what do you think will drive the biggest traded volume the interest from people um inside the virtual worlds whale token <laughs> oh good that you brought it wait, wait we'll come back to that thank you but what, apart from whale token what what else oh, what, what what else are we uh are we uh, are we do you think would um would be the most interesting part to people, to users, to those who are inside the metaverse. It's going to be different for everyone, right? Some yeah. people will jump in there to game. Some people will jump in there to communicate with maybe their grandparents in another country. Um, I think the social aspect of it is hugely underrated. People love to talk to people and get out of and, and meet new people. That's the key. We're going there because there's a community. If you have a great platform, but no one's there, no one's going to visit it, even if it has the best games. So I think you know, that's going to be the underlying structure is just going there to meet people and interact and talk about things. And then the experiences around you is just a bonus. All right. Yeah. And you take that one step further for everyone to showcase their talents. You know, everybody likes to say, hey, look at me and, you know, get the extra likes on Twitter and all that. So your crypto art and everything that you're selling, everything you're creating, you're bringing in with you. And it's kind of on your back as you go into VR and into these worlds to showcase everything that you've done and everything you can do. So that's going to be a big piece, too. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say the, uh, sorry to interrupt. I, I would definitely say that the social aspect is probably the biggest, would be the biggest uh, component to bring more people into these worlds. And um, if you can get, you know, 100, 200, 300 people into one in-world event, everyone's going to be talking about that event and it'll be, it'll be legendary, right? So I think the more uh, social stickiness that we can put in, into these platforms, then the more popular that, that, that they'll become overall. Yeah, I mean, look, here we are, you know, six people all over the world uh, <laughs> at the bleeding edge of an industry having a conversation about something we're all incredibly passionate about, right? If, if When I go home and I talk to my friends, I can't share any of this with them because they have no <laughs> idea, right? I can't either. And, you know, I love going out and, and educating people, but why not bring like some of the sharpest minds who are at the forefront of an industry to have an intelligent conversation, just like we're doing and from inside VR, uh, to, you know, just have rapid learning experiences. Right. Pablo? You are muted. 
It's, I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult to tell. I think obviously at the beginning, uh, just because of how things were built, I think art is going to be a major use case. We're going to see a lot of activity there. It's going to drive a lot of activity and of the interest. Again, um, I believe for the first time, these metaverses, what they do is that they allow people to comprehend these, 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 these processes on the blockchain quite easily. And I think everybody can relate to art or a lot of people uh, can relate to art and just to a nice, beautiful experience. So I think art will bring a lot of people to the metaverses. And then uh, once uh, we have full Web3 uh, functionality inside the metaverses working properly, uh, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of commerce, a lot of DeFi, a lot of, a lot of uh, just blockchain gaming also happening in the metaverses will be fun. Um, I, I, I think we are still a long way from, from, from here. Um, we might need a migration to another chain, which is a topic I don't want to really get uh, in about. But uh, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're going to see once Web3 uh, uh, it's enabled, I think we're going to see a massive growth of, of, of just uh, of, of, of activity in, in, the, in the metaverses. All right. Uh, I agree. Maybe last. Let me let me check the time. Actually, what is the time right now? Uh, Eight. Okay, oh, we're sorry. actually one hour in, which is good. Um, so maybe uh, before we go to whale token, because <laughs> I definitely want to go that way, that road as well uh, for a bit. But um, what what is your um, uh, let's say what what are your views on the marketplaces? All right. Let's let's dig into a little bit into the open sea part of things and future of open sea dominance versus some other marketplaces do you see some other emerging um how do you see that space because it's an interesting space and I, and I love open sea i love guys what they're doing i love the team and, and and how responsive they are and you know generally the people but what is the biggest contender right now for open sea uh, uh at the market do you see any Man, these are these are questions, Arthur. And I honestly, I didn't prepare any of that. I'm just coming out of my mind. I just, you know, look, look, Rarible is is coming for OpenSea's lunch, you know, and they're doing, they're yeah. doing it with this token, and and you know, Rarible started as an art marketplace, but now it's a true NFT marketplace, right? And when you have people who have been trading uh, NFTs like, like Pranksy coming into a marketplace and bringing volume there. Yeah, that's, that's competition. Um, so Definitely. it's, it's going to be very interesting to, is that the only competitor? How each, I can't think uh, of another one. I'm sure there's going to be so many competitors, man. I'm sure Binance at some stage or some larger exchanges are going to try and get some of that fees action. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I think we have not seen it. We're I mean, that was a good segue because my answer to the last question is pretty much NFTs are the major use case for any virtual world or any of this. You know, we're looking at all of it on our browsers right now, but we're going to be looking at it in virtual worlds soon. Uh, and then you pile on top of that this DeFi stuff. So if you can take decentralized finance and you can do a smart contract that can uh, loan my land, you can loan me Ethereum for holding my land in a smart contract until I pay it all back. And if I don't pay it back, you get my land. That's a great smart contract for virtual land that will increase the prices, you know, tenfold and allow, you know, all kinds of stuff to happen. But um, I do think that that's going to be a major thing with the NFTs soon and, and DeFi. They're going to start connecting like that and it's going to just skyrocket the values. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think I think you're you guys are right. And uh, oh, by the way. Uh, yeah. We are a bit early, I think. I think it's uh, we're in the Mount Gox times, you know, uh, of, of the 
blockchain, old blockchain trading times. Uh, probably the Binance of the NFTs hasn't showed up yet. I do agree though that Rarible is is really is really digging into into OpenSea at the moment. Okay. Yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder. Um, like you know. Uh, it should be clear to OpenSea guys as well, and I uh, and I and I uh, alive there kind of openness to everything. But the way how they list uh, the OpenSea guys list variable on their uh, top rankings is pretty hilarious. So um, hey, OpenSea guys uh, and variable guys, uh, well done, well done. Um, and one comment also. One uh, yeah. Sorry, one thing that I wanted to say though is that I do expect uh, a lot of more specialized uh, NFT marketplaces to come out to come out. Uh, so right now, you, you know, we have like OpenSea, which is the, the, the biggest one that really encompasses all the NFTs. And, and it really should be, it's it's not, it is very good as a whole. I, I really like OpenSea for many things. I'm a big, big fan of OpenSea. But uh, I, I, it is not the best for any of the individual like uh, right. things. Like that. So I expect right. a lot of competition to come out for those. Okay, so yeah, specialization, uh, it's it's good point. And uh, one comment regarding, you know, us being in the browser, like you three, like Chris, Pablo, and Colburn, the only reason why you are not with me here in VR today is because this software we're using to have a conference call, um, it creates an echo uh, with an infinite loop of echoes. So we would just die in echoes here, and I didn't want to do that. So that's why you are there. But next time, uh, you know, whoever can come in here will be in here because uh, we'll use maybe Zoom or something else, and then it will be solved. But another question, maybe the last one. I don't promise anything. No promises. But um, uh, the 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 question about the marketplace, since we touched upon them, what about art marketplaces? Okay, we have known origin. We have super rare. We have you know nifty gateway trying to do some different things. We have uh, uh, whatever mar makers place and uh, other rareables and stuff. What what do you? think of those art marketplaces what are your expectations what who do you think will dominate the the market um and how will it evolve pablo you should answer first <laughs> uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pass it on to to Colborn to start and maybe have some comment hey no right. football here no football here all right but okay this, this is just dynamite it's like it's like yeah. comparing worlds you know all i know we, we know all of the teams they're working incredibly hard right and they have their idea for what they want to be and who they they want to be and the beautiful yeah, yeah, uh, the beautiful thing about the space is there's just like so many passionate people that care very deeply about their vision. And we're trying to blend like this idea of centralized leadership and community feedback and morphing it all into a product that fits everybody's needs, right? It just is, it's going to be messy. So I think like if we can have just a, a spirit of like constructive back and forth and like a family, you know, we're going to fight, but we make oh. up and we. <laughs> the family <laughs> we're gonna be great but you know where, I agree. yeah you know where do, i totally agree man where do i, I feel like go ahead sorry Cole, i'm totally cutting yeah, you off at the end like, where do i all see it fitting in is like super rare is is fighting for that premium market yeah. niche of that market right nifty gateway has come along they're they're doing something different with fiat integration and the way they're releasing pieces and they've proven themselves to be successful and makers place has tremendous artists they have different artists same with known origin they just updated their format it's looking very nice like we're in these marketplaces we we see everything so all i can say is just like 
continue to learn from each other and innovate and uh it, yeah look, look in my eyes okay oh, you don't see them okay i love what you're saying okay it's all beautiful <laughs> but we are here today to speak the truth okay and it doesn't mean that the truth has to be better okay? we we are here to tell our opinion about how things will evolve and when i okay maybe i'll rephrase the question okay who'll rock who'll die tell me who who you think who you put your bets on like what what is what is your opinion about marketplaces for i'll jump in i i'm not the biggest artist here that's for sure go on open oh what a cliffhanger Can you hear me? yeah <laughs> So many answers. Wait, I cannot process so many answers. Well, so you can hear us. But um, while Chris is figuring it out, I just want to say that I actually agree a lot with Colgon. Um, I think anyone that is giving this industry a shot with funding people, anything, and man, this, this, this industry is not easy to survive in. No method is proven. You are trying to figure out governance. You're trying to figure out decentralization. You're trying to make people make money. You're trying to provide utility for products and assets. It is freaking not easy and you're pioneering. Each industry is pioneering in its own way. And in the art area, you mentioned uh, Nifty, um, you mentioned, you know, uh, Maker's Place and Super. They're all doing something very, very different. And everyone's learning watching them, even Rarible. They came out incentivizing every action you do on the marketplace. All right, it might not be perfect. It might fold. It might do great. Who knows? Yes, there's wash trading. Again, who knows? But watching how that model is taking place and the value or the benefits that come out of it, everyone's watching that. I'm sure OpenSea will pivot. Maybe they'll add their own social currency or some governance token. I'm sure like Uniswap, they added their own token, right? When Sushi token went nuts, that they, they added their own token to incentivize people in more than just giving fees out for liquidity providers. So right now it's just a hotbed of innovation and that's the most, most important thing. It's just people learning what someone's doing and then adding it to their platform and that on a very compounding basis is going to accelerate this place so quick. That's the key. In terms of who's going to survive and who doesn't, I have no clue. I got zero clue. I have my bets. I have my pros and cons of each platform, but it's just, I, they, you know, just watching them at this point is probably more interesting than trying to figure out if they're going to do well or not. Okay. So, thank you. Very reasonable, uh, <laughs> opinion, um, but yeah. Just uh, a couple comments, just in general. I don't want to uh, speak about any of them in particular, but so there's going to be two winners, in my opinion, or two sets of winners. Those that go for volume in the lower end and those that go for the very high end, and you can't win both. Uh, so whoever tries to go for both will fail. Uh, so either a very curated marketplace for art in particular, where you know you really have only, only the highest of the highest uh, things, or something like variable, like what variable is doing, where it's just blanket, like like just volume. But uh, it's going to be very difficult to win both. And then the last thing, uh, the other the other uh, topic that I want to bring in is that I see a lot of uh, artists and a lot of people in the community just talking about the artists. So this is not this marketplace is not a minting place or a minting platform. <laughs> this is a marketplace. You need demand and supply. You need collectors as well. A lot of platforms are doing a lot of work for the artists and zero work for the collectors. You cannot bring in, um, you know, big money, big collectors. You cannot step this up to the next layer if you don't take care of the collectors. And I think a lot of a lot of platforms are not doing that uh, just yet, and they're only focusing on the artist and having the, the artist uh, happy. I think there's a oversupply of art at the moment, 
and uh, there's very very little serious serious collectors uh, looking at this seriously and uh, we hope it changes soon okay fantastic yeah go, going off of what pablo said i think you know marketplace businesses in general they're winner take most markets so i think we're going to see uh very few win uh people standing at the end of this i think it's going to be as pablo mentioned one one player who's more at the high end one player is more at the lower end and that'll probably be pretty much it and um i think it's really interesting to, to see all these mar uh, marketplaces compete for artists right now because everyone wants the the best artist because the best artist can command know the 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 highest dollar value per art and then the collectors follow them to whatever platforms they're at mm -hmm. so in terms of who's gonna win I, I agree like i agree with everyone i have no idea but it's going to be there's going to be very few people standing that's just the nature of, of marketplace business gotcha thanks great great answer guys thank you very much uh I, I, of course i wanted to have a more juicy and direct answers but we'll get there maybe we're we are not here for the last <laughs> time right I'll, I'll get you there uh but um Look, maybe last question. Um, oh, wait, wait. The whale token. Like, <laughs> tell me, tell me, guys. Okay, we, we've been at Rarible already. We've been at Sushi and Memes. Uh, where the whale <laughs> comes into this equation? Please explain it to me because I honestly don't understand. It, it, it's, again, this my use case thing and I don't see the use case there. Like, So what? what is what is going on? Can... Can I just be like the the eternal optimist here and just say like Whale Shark was very, very early, right? And to his credit, everybody else, he was in a marketplace of speculators and he did something, right? And and that something was, you know, collateralize his portfolio, right? Bring in a community around that and get people invested in the idea of NFTs and then use, you know, that community to go out and, and spread the word. So... I uh, I think you know it's an interesting use case, and everybody is is going to find what it is that they want to try and experiment. And I just applaud him for doing something because there's a lot of collectors out there that are doing nothing and just sitting with these assets in cold storage wallets. Hopefully. Okay. Anyone else? Well, I think that whale is. I think the whale NFTs are sitting in pretty much a storage too, in a vault. So they're probably not going to be touched too often either. But um, the th the scariest thing to me about the whale token is not only that the fact that all of his one thousand call it NFTs could increase in value, but now he spread that over an ICO token that has gone up to like thirty or forty million dollar market cap. That just is nowhere close to the NFT value that he has anymore. So I think that the only way to solve that problem is to get better valuations on NFTs across the board based on history and based on, you know, a lot more than just a sale price. Because you can't just go in and buy a new piece of art for 50 Ethereum and call it a, a 50 ETH piece of art unless there was like 35 bids to get it up to 50 ETH all, you know, inches away from each other. So uh, it's so hard to value these things and to to sit there on that entire portfolio and like you said, and then all of the NFTs are just stuck there. So these people, you're taking something that's typically decentralized and you have all of these NFTs that normally you should have in your wallet and that you can bring into VR and do things with. Now you have bought this whale token instead and you have no access to any of the NFTs that you bought. And if there's land in there, you have no access to any of that land either. You can't build on it. You can't do any of what the use case is meant for. Instead, you're buying a whale token that has absolutely no no use case. 
and you have to be very, very careful about where in the spectrum to buy it. If the whale token is here, you're overpaying for all the NFTs at once. If the whale token is way down here, you're underpaying for all the NFTs. So it's possible you could get into it at the right price, but you have to be very, very careful about where to buy that token. But we, we do know that there is like tremendous social media has taught us that there is just tremendous value in community. It's the same reason why there is, you know, valuation on these governance tokens, right? There is a, a plus in developing a brand uh, that is a, a value that goes beyond just the, the collateralized value of those NFTs. But on top of that is the only community really that actually has uh, some assets like like backed by actual assets. Uh, it's the only social token like that that really actually has some tangible things behind. But how, what is, okay, I can understand that. Uh, and I mm -hmm. hear both sides. But uh, where is the guarantee? Oh, that no, no those, yeah, but that's a problem. All right. That's, that's, a, that's a kind of a problem because, you know. I mean, in life, there are no guarantees. Uh, you you are di you will die and you will pay taxes. I mean, I can guarantee you yeah, both things. Right. two things are definitely definitely there. But like, without any like joking apart, right? Like, where where are the guarantees that the you know the, the those assets will be in that vault, right? What that those coins will be in a way that they are right now, and you know nobody will dump them uh, onto the market and or or run away with them as you know we've seen recently, and we, we, I'm pretty sure we'll see a lot of those cases um in, in the future and that is that is you know that is a problem that that brings a, a problem of community is great but it, community it's another one of those things with use case with community, me there's no use exa case exactly but community created by um by buying assets with money and community created by incentivizing people on a financial side is good but most probably not the healthiest way to sustain long-term community. I don't know if you understand what I mean. Because if you if you go now and invest two hundred thousand dollars, and you buy yourself, uh, this is just an example, or invest twenty thousand dollars and buy yourself two hundred thousand followers on Twitter or whatever, it looks great. But it brings you zero value to your Twitter account, and it will be obvious to everyone in, in within within you know twenty minutes that the engagement rate is not there, and so and it kind of like reminds me of that because you can buy your way into the market, you can create an interesting engaged community based on financial incentive, but what's beyond there? Like, what people care if suddenly Rarible, for example, or someone would stop buying those tokens? Would people care if if you know the vault of of whale shark will not be there or something happens to that or like that those are questions like would those tokens so, be used for further on that's what i'm i'm kind of bothered so so to, so, so a couple of things I, I am not an expert on this because uh i think whale shark is actually taking the opposite direction that we are taking uh uh with mocha but uh, I'll, I'll comment on 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 a couple of things the great thing about these being all an nft portfolio is that the history will be there so there's there's no stealing from his vault like everybody will see that it came from his vault there's no like it, it'll crumble in a second there's no incentive for him to do something like this it's the same thing that i always say with all the other projects like where's where where would the incentive would be for him to steal the thing from his vault nothing if anything the only thing that i might see uh with something like this is a dump of whale at a certain price but 
Yes, but 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 the, but but it won't. The vault itself won't go anywhere. Uh, oh, you can nice. dump the vault. <laughs> There's no problem. Yeah. I mean, you can sell yeah. everything well, in the vault, right? And then one thing that I will say is that again, in my opinion. So let's let's say that I take three parcels of Somnium mm -hmm. land that are each worth ten Ethereum. So it's a total market cap of thirty Ethereum, and I break it down to a million tokens, and I sell off all the tokens that equal exactly thirty Ethereum. And then we have a bubble tomorrow, and my token my token goes up to like 80 Ethereum. It, it's just not worth that anymore. And secondly, let's say I raise all that money in a second scenario. I raise the 30 Ethereum in my token, and I still own the NFTs. My incentive is that I already collected all the money from the token raise. Now I sell off my NFTs like I was going to anyway, and now I not only sold the equity of my NFTs, now I sold the NFTs on top of that as well. So the incentive is to sell the ICO token that he built which is the whale token he should he could crumble it he could just dump well, it that's the it. um that's a risk you take as an early investor right mm -hmm. you want to wait for a dow and a governance you know multi-sig thing for the vault then you can invest then but if you're investing now that's the risk you take you're you're investing in his trust on keeping his word but when we say but investor I, I are we actually uh, just one, one, one thing think about whale about whale shark is that a lot of people seem to be, you know, uh, saying that he's, uh, uh, you know, uh, either a scam or something like that. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was the, I was the first one that has spoken not negatively, but uh, that I, I I did not understand or respect uh, some of the things that he was doing at the beginning. But I have I have learned that he's one of the few market participants at the moment that at least I have I haven't seen him do anything strange. So there's a lot of the big collectors that are doing. You know, either was trading or or, or just just, just uh, like strange things around. And personally, my experience is that the people that were well shark and the people that have been around generally have had a positive, fair, respectful uh, experience. And uh, this shouldn't be a good thing because it should be how everybody acts. But it is a rare thing in the industry at the moment. Um, that's just my two cents. I agree. Okay, I, I, I want to say something, and I forgot. I don't think that that means anything, though, because he's got he's got all that money. He raised all that money for all of those NFTs, and now all the people who bought Whale Shark have no use case. They have they can they can't use any of the NFTs they bought. If any of those NFTs go into a game, they can't play the game. If they're land, he can't build on the land. If it's anything, they can't use. It. If it's art, they can't use the art. And if I had a thousand dollars myself to spend on something, I'd rather spend it on one of the items within the vault than to buy the piece of the whole vault and have nothing. Because at least if I bought a couple things out of the vault, I'd have the NFTs and I could use them and own them trustlessly in my wallet like a blockchain item is supposed to be. And this, one I think this is like one of the mistakes I made with CryptoVoxes, like I mentioned before, right? I saw the product for what it is now. I didn't see what the plans were to evolve it further. And that's what Whale Shark is. That's what the whole community and the approach is. You see it now, it doesn't have, like I said, a multi-sig. He doesn't have um, people that utilize all of these assets. But as he transitions into that and it becomes a lot more community-driven value-adding um, asset, whatever you want to call it, that's what, it's, what I guess they're working towards getting to. So it's, do you believe it's going to get there? And when do you want to invest if you want to? And do you want to participate in that sort of a uh, trajectory for that project? So... I yeah, agree so right now. I know I, I'm watching it unfold, but I, if it gets to that stage, which I think it will, like I, like uh, Pablo said, Welshak, I've had conversations with him. Seems like a genuine guy. He's very supportive of everyone in the NFT space as a whole. So I'm assuming that only good things are going to come from that uh, 
that thing. But nothing's backed, and not, you know, at any time you can run off with the money. So you know, that's a risk you take as an early investor. Like, that's how it is. Yeah. So if I could jump in, I think so. Whale, you know. Uh, by the way, I'm I'm totally biased in this because I actually hold whale. So take everything I say with a big grain of salt. But <laughs> so you know, it's backed by these NFTs, right? And then he's adding in functionality over time, just like Maddie pointed out. So uh, it kind of hits your use case maximalism type of type of deal. And um, of course, right now, you know, there's there's not as many use cases as there will be in the future. But it takes time to implement all that. Um, and so, it, but if you look at something like you know Ripple. Like Ripple is number four uh, in you know coinmarketcap.com, and it's worth ten over ten billion dollars, right? And it does nothing. So in, in, if you look at whale, uh, you whale just coin, answered your question. You're not helping whale, your cause with that. <laughs> no, no, no. But if you look at Whalecoin, you can see that he by himself has built up this crazy community, and he's adding in more functionality than exists in Ripple already, right? And he's not even. He's could, still going through the process of adding more functionality. Could you, could so, you give me an example of functionality? Like generally, I'm asking because I, I don't know. Like what what is what is the functionality which you guys are looking forward uh, the most in the whale token, which you would think it, it's the game changer for the token in the in the near future, even if it's so, not existing anymore right now. So from my understanding, it's not built out yet, but you'll be able to you know within the DAO, uh, which holds the assets, the NFT assets, the tokens will be used to actually purchase different NFTs from the whale vault. And that's not implemented yet, but apparently you will be able to exchange your tokens for actual assets within the vaults. I could be wrong, though. Sorry, guys, I have to run. I have another appointment. Um, I, you know, this is a pleasure, but uh, yeah, yeah, I have to the, run. The, 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 if you have a minute, may I have the last question to you, Maddie? Of course, of course, of course, of course. So one of question course. I wanted to ask everyone, and I'll start with you, Maddie. Where do you see, because, you know, we're all into this NFT space and I'm in VR more, but let's say we are in NFT space. Where do you see yourself within the NFT space in five years or within five years? Um, man, I was thinking about this yesterday and I was like, I don't think I'll ever not be in the blockchain space, the NFT space. It has so much projection still to go. I think I'll be hopefully uh, quite wealthy <laughs> and I like to be real. <laughs> And with that wealth, I'd like to accelerate areas that I think are going to be interesting, whether it be virtual land, whether it be art, whether whether it's going to be music. I'd like to invest in, but you know, new artists, new developers that need some funding, and hopefully be some sort of a funding uh, advisory. Use my value and and whatever I did with Decentraland is kind of bring partnerships, etc. Blah blah blah. I'd like to do that with whoever I can help and be a part of that initial journey. So. Part of that plan is being wealthy, and that's got to do with positioning myself right for the next bull run, which is just a matter of time. So, yeah, that's a simple, simple answer. Fantastic! Thank you, thank you, Mary, for for the answer. Thank you for coming. It was an absolute pleasure. And uh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm. I'm oh yeah, yeah, wait, 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 wait. You all, you, 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 you're not going anywhere yet. <laughs> but nope. Mary, thanks a lot, and I hope we're not doing it for the last time. Uh, it was a lot of, of fun. course. So uh, it was yeah. a lot of fun. I. I'm very grateful you invited me, Artur, and it's a complete pleasure to meet everyone here that I haven't met before. Um, all right. Paul so, and Pablo, all of you guys. All right. Thank you. See you. See you, Mike. So, uh, Colburn, where do you see yourself within five years uh, from now in the NFT space? Look, I, I want to be doing exactly what I'm doing now, right? <laughs> I want to be building metaverse worlds uh from a foundation of arts and culture, right? So I really want to create the most beautiful experiences uh, that allow a general population to access something that, you know, otherwise they might have to go to 
a physical museum or a physical exhibition to right. to see. I want them to be able to put on glasses and be in a world of of wonder and experience wonderment. Um, you know, there's yeah, you know, look at this. This is this is incredible. And and you're you know, you're telling me in five years we're not going to be socializing in uh, worlds that we create from, you know, what we believe. I just, I don't believe it. You know, I have to believe that there is a way to iterate faster in digital realms uh, with governance, you know, with the idea of what it means to be community, with how we are all connected, the sharing of information, uh, and I think the, the first step in doing that is is showcasing beauty and empowering creators. So that's what I want to be doing. That's what I'm going to be doing for the next five years. Fantastic. Thank you. That's amazing. Amazing answer. Uh, Andrew? Yes. Yeah, so the mission statement of my firm is to accelerate the emergence of the metaverse, which is kind of a sexy term. But um, basically what I want to do is I want to uh, be investing, building and just supporting the whole NFT ecosystem because I see it as the gateway to the metaverse. And so that's kind of my uh, my mission, and I, I will be doing that in the next five years, 100%. Cool. I hope to see you soon in VR, man. Here. <laughs> I'm watching you. Uh, all right, Chris? Uh, well, I went from my uh, full-time job to kind of working on my own. So um, that was being financially free was one of the main objectives. But uh, my daughter's going to be eight years old in five years, so I imagine her getting into VR and me having the full bodysuit at that point and all kinds of fun stuff in VR. But um, yeah, investing in these things like NFTs, but imagining it all in VR rather than just looking at OpenSea and we see somebody who sold a bunch of Ethereum and let's go check them out online and click some more buttons. No, I think it's all going to be in <laughs> VR. When we see something new, we're going to see it in VR. When we meet somebody new, it's going to be in VR. So uh, five years is a lot to come by, and uh, we're already doing all of that stuff in Somnium right now. I mean, we, we're in VR right now, talking to people and hanging out and doing events and everything. So five years is a long way with <laughs> teleporters, kayaks, everything in, in, active and everything ready to go. So it should be a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, 100%. Pablo? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit of what people are saying. I mean, five years is a really, really long time. Uh, I Hopefully, I am... I am doing uh, very similar things to what I'm doing now, which is uh, things that I, that, I, that I love to do. Uh, it has been great this last, uh, you know, several months, uh, you know, in this industry. And uh, it's just exciting to, to be early and to be part of the evolution of certain industries. And uh, I, I see myself certainly uh, tied to this industry. And, um, and yeah, hopefully doing very similar things. Fantastic. Um, I guess I'll add from myself, if I may. Um, I, I, I'm eternally, uh, happy and blessed that I can do what I can do as my main job. Um, and I cannot thank myself enough for not, and my wife, um, for supporting me in taking that leap in 2016, where majority of people even didn't know what VR is. They didn't care. Uh, I'm not even talking about blockchain. Um, and just starting this because, you know, my inner me just said to me, I, I want to live in those world. I want to be productive. Not that, It's not about only socializing, but I want to be able to immerse myself in the world and spend there five hours 
and come out with, within those five hours and after those five hours and say, not only I had fun, but I was productive. I was able to earn something, to learn something and to do something. And that is the vision for, you know, for the virtual world. What we're building here is that people, no matter where they are, what they do and what is their background and financial background and whatever, they'll be able to, you know, show their inner talents and monetize their inner talents within those virtual worlds, whatever those talents are. And we hope as Somnium to provide those tools uh, for them to be, you know, to do it in the best possible way. So I'm blessed. I cannot, you know, I, even three years ago, I imagined many things. And I imagined we'll be having some kind of conversation because this is your cross-reality conversation. You are in real life. I'm in VR. All happening in real time. Uh, every time I do it, it's mind-blowing for me. I, I feel absolutely blessed that we can actually do it. And this moment came much faster than I anticipated technologically. Mm. And the the rate where I see, you know, we are accelerating in Somnium and in general technology is accelerating is tremendous. Uh, and the future is really, really, really bright. Um, and uh, yeah, it was absolutely fantastic to guys to talk to you all. Um, and I really, really hope we'll, uh, we'll maybe do it more regularly. Uh, and yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for accepting my invitation and spending time with me here today. Cool. Thanks, Arthur. Yeah, thank you, thank Arthur. You thank you, guys. And until the next time, see you on the other side of the monitor. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you guys. See you, see you Andrew.